Age is no barrier. It is a limitation you put on your mind. Dr. Lisa Koch. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. And welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution with Dr. Kieran. Super excited to introduce my guest to you today. You're going to love her as much as I do. She is very much a soul sister on the medicine path. She's a physician who actually came to this path very young. Uh, You're going to get to hear about her health challenges, but mostly what you're going to learn today is about how to biohack your health at midlife to regain your edge and get lit. What's get lit? You're going to find out. She's going to tell you. She is definitely lit and has an awesome edge at midlife. And biohacking is not just for Silicon Valley dudes. It's for you. She's going to give you simple, practical tips, things you can start doing today to supercharge your energy, help you to lose weight and feel more comfortable and alive in the skin that you're in. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. Dr. Lisa Coach is a triple board certified medical doctor who specializes in anti-aging, regenerative biohacking and functional medicine. She is a truth seeker paving the way for access to unbiased science and medical freedom at her clinic, Spectra Wellness Solutions. She is the author of Get Lit and Become a Biohacker. Welcome, Dr. Lisa Coach. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So we are talking about biohacking your health at midlife, regaining your edge, and getting lit. And I know that you too have a personal journey, like all us physicians who practice this out-of-the-box type medicine that really helps people too. So how did you come to start doing the type of work that you do? So you're so correct in that brief intro because I like to say I was gifted with childhood leukemia at the age of 15. So I felt totally fine, went in for a camp physical and they were able to diagnose me. And I started chemotherapy, which went on for three years. There was a span of time where I was having bone marrow biopsies and intrathecal, which is spinal methotrexate, one of each every three weeks. So it was pretty traumatic for a kid. And then it relapsed. And when I was 20 on an ovary, they had to take my ovary out and I had to start chemo all over again once all my hair had grown back in college. And then I promptly went into heart failure from one of the chemotherapeutic drugs. So that's kind of the brief sort of what set me on my path. The universe didn't want me taking another path. It was pretty sure to intervene at a young age so that I really wanted to figure out the why. So that was a lot of what I was exposed to was getting diagnosed with something, not understand where it came from, why this happened. I somehow managed to graduate college on time and get into a really good medical school. And those questions, just thinking that I would find my answers in medical school. And every time we were taught something, I would say, this is great, but why? Like, why is that person getting such a bad reaction and this person is fine? 
And I would get over and over again, this is just how we do it. And so very quickly, I realized we don't really know the why. And I chose internal medicine because it was sort of the broadest why I could find in school, you know, it's the least narrow specialties. And through my residency, it was more of the same. I would ask and I would get not, I wouldn't get very far. I'd watch people come in with different symptoms, different diagnoses, get treated, but it would seem very, very protocol, non-individualized types of regimens. So when I started my practice, I went a route that was the lesser traveled where I decided to join a group of cardiologists trying to prevent cardiovascular disease and dealt with obesity and a lot of, I figured if I couldn't figure out the why, at least I would prevent the disease. You know, I knew those things, there were a lot of things that would help if we could get them under control. And that after working a lot in obesity and weight in vascular disease prevention, I got turned on to nutrition and eventually found functional medicine, which I was studying when I got pregnant with my daughter. So Nobody really knew if I could get pregnant. I had one ovary because they, the cancer had been on it at 20 and I'd had five years of chemo. And after I had my daughter, which I did get pregnant on the first try, which was pretty amazing, I crashed. So at that point postpartum, I got Hashimoto's, psoriasis, sinus problems. They told me I'd need eye surgery. And my journey kind of continued to the next level of why at that point. Wow. What a journey you've had. I mean, from the beginning of life, you know, I I think that great pain brings great passion because it sounds like you might have been born to be a healer and you had to maybe go through that. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just glad that you do what you do because you help so many people. I think that those seven little words hurt more people than anyone else because this is just what we do. Mm-hmm. And this is just how we do it, right? That's what I heard my whole residency. And you'd ask questions and actually you'd ask it the first time, but why? And Because this is how we do it. This is the protocol. And then you learned never to ask again and just follow the protocols. And then I think that for me, I know I, I really went to sleep and don't worry about thinking because they had all, all these smart people ahead of me had figured it all out. So I didn't need to worry about thinking about it until I know for me, I woke up when I couldn't fix my own health issues. And I was like, wait a minute, we're missing something here. So, you know, in between those little seven words is the truth. And so now you help people with the truth. I love that you're a truth seeker. And I love what you're saying. I love that quote you just said. I'm going to use that in between the seven words is the truth because I honestly think even now like that they didn't mean that. Our professors in medical school and and the residency and all of the in the indoctrination, I don't think they meant to do something that was putting us in a box. I think it was just all we knew and Luckily, I think because of the early experience I had, I never just accepted the narrative. So I had two opportunities when I finished my residency. Actually, I had several opportunities, but some were these big box conglomerates of doc in the box, you know, prescribing drugs and seeing numerous patients all day where my hand would be tied and I'd have to follow the protocols. And I chose making half as much. I had at least enough insight at that stage at whatever age we were, 25 or so 
to take the road less traveled. So I was really looking into all these cutting edge nutrition and teaching myself things so that I could help people gain back some level of health and I would see them improving. And I learned a lot from my patients actually. And then just like you said, I was gift. It's almost like each time on my journey that I'm supposed to learn something new, whether it's a new modality or uh, the importance of an old one or combining therapies together, something new would happen in my own health journey. And I would have to kind of claw my way out of it. It was like, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens if we knock her down this way and how she crawls out of it and what modalities and ideas she'll download to share with her patients at that point. So that's what's happened. I got exposed to something called muscle testing, which is a naturopath who does a technique that could find things that didn't show up on labs and scans. I He got me out of the bind I was in of autoimmune insanity after my first child. And to this day now, he is healing patients by my side. So he was in a clinic about 30 minutes away. But once I started watching what he was doing when we were working in collaboration, he ended up leaving his space that was farther away and coming and working with me. So that's been a a beautiful relationship. And as I've continued forward, then the next thing that happened was I uncovered using an upper cervical technique where you tap the C1 in with a sound wave, which is a bunch of fancy words. It just means an adjustment that's safe. And people were getting like crazy systemic benefits. So just being open like you are, being aware and asking questions has continued to this day to really guide me predominantly from intuition and curiosity into what I how I handle patients. Wow, I love that, right? And every health problem that we have when we are a healer really becomes our lab when we're paying attention, I should say. When we're just following the protocols, it just becomes a nuisance and something to be suppressed with drugs. But if we're really mindful and paying attention, then the the journey becomes the destination and we're learning what we need to teach our patients next. So can you talk a little bit about what it means to get lit and regain your edge? So I like to say we all know the people that walk in a room and they kind of light up the room, right? So they seem not only healthy in mind and body, but they're just somebody you want to be around. And I've always gravitated to those types of people. I always kind of thought of myself in terms of an energetic perspective as being upbeat and positive, but I didn't have that physical piece because when you've been through five years of chemo, when you go through menopause, which a lot of when your listeners, you don't have to have chemo, just any kind of life things, a lot of that physical and very often that just emotional and mental light gets dim. And so I was on the constant quest for, okay, I feel a little bit better in these ways. How can I continue to get to the level where I am one of those people that can sustain my energy all day, that can start really pushing it at the gym, which I had not really been able to do because I've dealt with my heart through most of my life but also keeping a positive attitude and just being a truth seeker. That was what led me to research what other techniques and modalities could help. And most of my research led me to the mitochondria, which are little engines inside of almost all of our cells. And the mitochondria are fascinating to study and they get damaged by chemotherapy, but they also get damaged just by life. So whether it's medications or stress or toxin exposure, 
most people over the age of 20, even the mitochondrial level of how much energy they're putting out starts to decline. And a big part of getting lit and getting your edge back is optimizing the mitochondria. So super interesting story on how I got turned on to keto, the ketogenic diet, which I'm not a full proponent, but I have a lot of experience in. So I started I was searching for a nutrition plan for my patients and I heard this guy talking, they were interviewing Dom D'Agostino, who's a researcher, very big in the, in the ketogenic diet. And he was talking about how when you're in a state of ketosis, you actually can trigger mitochondrial biogenesis, which is again, another big bunch of words, but it basically means you can make new ones. I don't know about you, I did not know that was possible. I sort of thought you come in, you've got these cells that they get killed off by you know, too many antibiotics or too much stress, then you're just gonna try to be nice to the ones that you still have around. But he was saying if you're in a fasting state or if you're eating a modified ketogenic diet or a full-on ketogenic diet, you can make new mitochondria. So I was in. Yeah. So back, back before this was on every you know, shelf in the grocery store, which is my typical thing. I usually spot things 10 years before they happen. I had my patients doing and trying a ketogenic diet and I was seeing these miraculous results. So I have taken bits and pieces from that because long-term use of a, of a hardcore ketogenic diet may not be the best answer for most people. But that was a huge like sort of turning point and that led me to further biohacking, which is just a trendy word which means that you can take your body and decide individually what you need to get that edge back so that you can work at a level that you kind of had only dreamed of. And a lot of times that does involve paying attention to your mitochondria. Right. I love what you say about age is no barrier. It is a limitation you put in your mind. And really with the techniques you're talking about, you're talking about having approaching your health with from an enlightened stance. So to me, like get lit is recreating that light from within at midlight that so many of us women have lost. Yeah. But it's also taking an enlightened view of your health and looking at what does the research say? How can I biohack? And I think a lot of your average woman at midlife hears biohacking and they think of some tech guys in Silicon Valley doing crazy things with IVs and whatever else they do out in Silicon Valley. And I think they don't think it applies to them. So I wanna make this real life for people, everybody listening, the us, you know, everyday, middle-aged women, we can biohack too. You can biohack. Like with what Dr. Coach is talking about, you can biohack. You can increase the number of mitochondria that you have, which, you know, I love the mighty mitochondria because that's what couples your calorie burning, your fat burning to your energy production equals weight loss, ladies. So listen up. Totally. (laughs) Right? 60% of us want to lose weight or have a weight problem and should lose weight. So You can't do that without the proper mitochondrial force, the power force. It's like your, I live in Georgia, it's your Georgia power company. But the power company needs fuel and the fuel is fat and it has to be able to have enough processors to convert that fat into ATP, which is your energy. So other than the ketogenic diet, what are some tips that you give, would offer for everyone at midlife 
to start doing their home biohacking. Yes, and I love that you brought up that it was these guys in Silicon Valley because it's true. You know, when I first started studying this, thank God for my background in not trusting narratives because I see these guys and they're doing all these crazy things and they're living by the farm, you know, they're living off, <laughs> off the land and they have all this time and money to spend on themselves and normal humans cannot do that. So for me, it was, hey, wait a second. This is not just for athletes. This is not just for elite. Like we can all have the attitude that no matter where we're starting, biohacking is about getting to the next level for us getting lit, getting to the next level, like you said, coming from an enlightened space. So the home hacks that I see that really work well are several. I mean, one of the most obvious is what you're eating, which I know you you guys have talked a lot about, but everything from hydration. And I talk a lot about structured water. There are some ways to even just take your water and up its game. So you can have, I usually get a couple of liter, two to three liters a day, you can add, throw in half of a lemon or some handful of blueberries because we know if we put some fruit into water, it actually helps to structure the water. And that means that it will dive deeper into your cells. It'll help the mitochondria work better because it's slightly different form than just plain water. I also add a splash of Himalayan sea salt into each layer, so I mean, into each liter. So that's a nice, easy, relatively free, you know, hack you can start today is if you throw in a pinch of Himalayan sea salt, half a lemon to each liter, you will notice almost immediately improved energy and focus. And when we talk about some of the main symptoms that improve when we get more mitochondria, it's it, the mitochondria are most concentrated in our brain, our heart, and our muscles. So that presents as clarity of thinking, rapidity of thinking, sort of, you know, getting more quick with your thoughts, having more energy uh, because the heart's pumping more efficiently and being able to push it at the gym, you know, a little bit more impactful exercise or just want, if you haven't been walking at all, it's actually almost like a drive that you want to go walk, having a faster recovery post-workout. So those are the kind of things I start to see. So I'd say the water is a big one. Another one is that our mitochondria have a lot of energetic charge to them. And this is, these are things we're still starting, we're still working on understanding. Things from the mitochondria to, the, to our fascia, to our DNA. I would say we understand maybe a third at the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, are, we are unfolding new information daily. And one of the biggest things I've found is that everything has energy. So when we pay attention to our energy state, whether we're bathed in Wi-Fi and sort of stuck inside all day, wearing our devices versus how connected are we to nature, this is not a recommendation that's just for, oh, it's so relaxing to be outside in the trees. There's actually science behind the benefit of putting your bare feet in the earth and the fact that we have acupuncture points on the bottom of our feet and that the earth is emitting different frequencies that our body needs. So that's another nice, easy, free hack, which is first thing in the morning before 10 a.m. if possible. If you can get outside, take your shoes off, spend about 10 minutes without sunglasses or contacts, ideally, or any kind of glasses. Don't stare at the sun, but let the sun in the eyes and connect to the earth. There's a lot of 
conceptual and now scientific evidence that our mitochondria respond to sun potentially through entry point in the eye, which is interesting, and that we respond to these positive frequencies from the planet. Yeah, the earthing is so important. And um, I love the studies, some of them they've done about foresting with and comparing it to essential oils and the effect on cortisol and going out in the forest. I think they were done in Japan. Really yeah. striking result of improvement on cortisol, which yeah. my ladies who are listening know I talk about queen cortisol all the time because it's all about the queen. She has to be supported. So all the things that you can do, and actually that Himalayan sea salt is going to help her too, to function better. And so I'm loving these, and I hope that everyone is writing them down and you are checking off, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So, you know, how are you going to implement these things? What else is in your biohacking toolbox? So when we talk about mitochondria, having everybody understand that they were their own bacteria, which is another super fascinating thing, millions of years ago. So they were hanging out on the planet and then humans just found a way to engulf them inside of ourselves, like hijack them to use them as a power source. So when we think about them that way, they have their own DNA and they are going to be able to sense their environment because for any bacteria to survive on the planet, it had to have a, a sensing capacity of light and dark, you know, if there's a stressor coming. So when I talk about that, if you really think about, like you said, your queen cortisol, one of the main impacts it's going to have when you have massive stress is on mitochondrial function. So working on how do we get ourselves calm and everything, like I'm sure you've talked about with guided meditation to journaling to different techniques for connecting to higher versions of yourself. One of my favorite hacks is Epsom salt. So I love Epsom because it's crystalline in nature. So you, I recommend soaking in a kid-sized tub, not the big soaking ones, with about two to three pounds of Epsom. And I tell patients not to do the flavored or scented kind because that's usually a perfume chemical. So just getting the plane, if you want to throw a couple of drops of like an organic eucalyptus, great in there and turn on a guided meditation, soak for about 10 minutes and then rinse. I find the mitochondria love the magnesium, but more importantly, the Epsom can actually clear the energy field, trauma of toxic thought patterns of sort of vampire energy. And it's an incredible place to clear whatever is coming up instead of shoving it down under alcohol or scrolling on social media and those types of things. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Hey there, it's Dr. Kieran. I'm just wondering how long you're going to go with those unbalanced hormones. I mean, you told me during the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit that you couldn't take it anymore. So where have you been? Since the summit, Deb M has already balanced her hormones, gotten to her goal weight, and is looking forward to wearing her bathing suit on the beach this summer. And Carrie, who hadn't been able to lose even five pounds in the past 10 years, has now lost an amazing 15 pounds and is feeling and looking great. Not to mention, she's sleeping better and her mood has improved. Aaron, Ashley, Debsy, and so many more are already enjoying the benefits of having balanced hormones. 
And I'm wondering if you could use some help finding out your personal hormone levels and knowing exactly what to do to balance your hormones so that you can lose weight, regain energy, balance your moods, feel sexy and confident, look great and master midlife or whatever you want to do. Know that all health begins with balanced hormones. Everything you want in life begins here and nothing good ever comes from tolerating hormone imbalances. We're launching the Hormone Balance Mastermind again this July, so don't wait. Space is limited, and it will be months before we run this program again. Go to www.midlifemetabolisminstitute.com to apply for the program or get on the early bird wait list so that as soon as registration opens, you can can be the first to apply and secure your spot. If you've had enough and you want to find out how good life can be once your hormones are balanced, I know I'll see you there. Talk to you soon. And we're back. This is so important to talk about. We can't talk about energy enough when it comes to health because Sure, mainstream medicine misses the bullseye in so many places, but they just totally ignore energy medicine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't even exist, which is kind of insane to me. And you say that your energy introduces you before you even speak. So can you help everyone understand? Because I find I'm amazed because I really am steeped in this. I read Carolyn Mace's Anatomy of the Spirit decades ago and Donna Eden's Energy Medicine. And so it's really been a part of my vocabulary. But so many people in this day and age, they've never heard of this. So can you talk about how you realized that this was a thing? It was an actual thing. And really what your journey has been with this, I would love to hear that. Absolutely. So I got turned on to energy medicine about 15 years ago now, maybe 12 to 15, somewhere in there. So there was a local chemical engineer who had paired up with an investor whose daughter had type 1 diabetes. This guy had been doing a lot of meditating, a lot of studying. I think he was studying Kabbalah, which is just kind of interesting. And he had this image of a device that he wanted to build. So he built this device out of wood that had all kinds of bells and whistles. It had crystals lining up with the chakras and it had color, music, and vibration that was all sort of synchronized in this bed. And they were using it to treat type one diabetics and other people with chronic pain or sleep issues. And literally these guys at a warehouse, <laughs> they were putting people into this bed and they were getting better. So they were measuring, they brought in a doctor, somehow they met out of Pittsburgh and they started measuring parasympathetic and sympathetic, which is your brakes and your gas in terms of your stress response of your nervous system. And they were seeing that getting, getting in this bed was, was allowing the brakes, like calming people down and getting them rebalanced. And then they were seeing all of these physical benefits. So they called the local university which is a huge medical school and everything here in Tampa. And they said, hey, listen, we've got this device. We're having some pretty incredible results. We would love to do some clinical studies. And the, the head person they talked to there said, well, that sounds really fascinating. Really should get some studies, but it's a little too out there for us. So here, why don't you call Lisa? <laughs> and they gave them my number. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got labeled the out there doc early. Totally. So they called me and I was like, look, if it's not going to hurt, I will come try it. So this is actually a crazy story. So I go to this warehouse. <laughs> Thank God I brought my dad with me. I decided to bring my dad, which was a smart thing. Because here I am. This is like where movies are made from. I'm like walking in these two guys at a warehouse and they put me in a box. <laughs> and I just lay there for an hour. So I, you know, who knows what was going to happen. But they open it after an hour. And the guy who opened the door started gagging, like coughing. And I was like, what? And he, what's going on? And he was like, you can't smell that. And then I started to smell something and it smelled like a medicine waste dump. And it literally was chemo from 20 years prior that had been stuck in my energy field that was kind of coming out through this device that was acting like as if you had acupuncture needles in your entire body. So it was like moving energy through my body. So I was like, wait a second, just like I had done with muscle testing, like, what the heck is this? I got to understand this more because something is happening. So I ended up buying the machine, studying all the vibrational medicine, things I could get my hands on. And then I was watching people in my office and some of them were getting off their narcotics. People were sleeping that hadn't slept in 10 years. I had an alcoholic who had been sober for 10 years who got in there and went almost into DTs, like withdrawal because the alcohol had been stuck in her energy field. So what it made me realize is, okay, we've spent, I've spent all my life studying this physical vessel, mm -hmm. but there's an entire other field part of us, you know, energetic vessel that I didn't even know about that has to be completely worked on almost even more than the physical one. So, oh God, here we go. Now what do I need to do? So that was kind of like what, that's what started it. Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting journey for those of us who get there, that there is this thing, which I call the energy body or spirit mm -hmm. and people, different people call it different things. And then how do you work with it? And I think, I'm curious what you, why you think there's such a taboo around this and resistance to medicine acknowledging that it's a thing that actually can be measured in many ways and has been used for how many years in traditional Chinese medicine for acupuncture access and just so why do you think that we're so reluctant to embrace this? I think it's important for women at midlife to hear because so many of us are energetically depleted and our lab results come back, quote unquote, normal. And we don't have anything necessarily physically off the chain. That was my story when I was, my health was off the rails. But a lot of it is this undergirding energy. So how do you explain that? Why don't we pay attention to it? I hate to go to money, but a lot of times I think it's money. You know, we learn things, especially after medical school, a lot of times through drug companies, right? Whatever the newest drug is that's out is at least in internal medicine, how we kind of study the evolving field of what we know about diabetes or hypertension. And there have not been enough controlled peer-reviewed clinical studies done on energy healing, whether it's because there's not you know, enough money in the field or the studies are too subjective. I think it's a little bit of all of the above. I think it's also the fact that if you come to question something so ingrained, so 
let's take, for example, physics, Newtonian physics, which is, you know, the way things move. You push something in force and all, it's going to move at a certain velocity. And we're coming to question that. If the truth is that we are not a mechanical body, which is what we thought. We thought of the heart as a pump, mechanical way the muscles work. This is what we were taught in medical school. If it could be true that we're so much more than that, that we have um, energy exchanges with others while we're having a conversation on Skype across thousands of miles, like, you know, what will that do to everything we have learned before? So I think there's a big amount of just kind of resistance to changing paradigms because you get comfortable. So if we start to accept this, we have to rethink everything. Yeah, I hear you. So we do have to rethink everything. And uh, I mean, quantum physics is proven and there's so much about this energy body that has been documented. I agree with you that it's not profitable because it's free. It's the nature of our being. Anyone can access it. Anyone can work with it once you know how. And I think that nobody's going to do double blind placebo controlled trials on that because it's not profitable. But I like people to hear this from not just me, but other physicians, because most people are kind of shocked when they learn that, wow, my health health insurance is not about actually making me healthy. It's about controlling my disease. So I stay in a semi-sick state longer so drug companies can make more money off of me. Oh my gosh, it's a shock to them. And I think it's important for them to hear that, that this is the situation. All right, so off of that heavy topic, what are would be any other biohacking tips for women at midlife to really regain their edge? One of the biggest things I've noticed at midlife with my patients and with myself is that we come into this planet and we are immediately put into roles. So we are the role of a child, we're the role of a sister, we're the role of a eventually a mom, Maybe we're a student, maybe we're a boss, maybe we're an employee, and these roles are reinforced, right? We get a gold star if we behave in school, we get to feel proud that we have kids. And the problem with the roles is they actually pull us away from our innate connection to ourselves. So we become disconnected because we are trained in this environment we're in now to accommodate and and to fix and to heal and to be everything for everyone. And I think a lot of women especially get very depleted because of those roles and because we believe it's selfish to put ourselves on the list of things to do, right? So getting back connected to that pure version of you, that who you are, that empowered person who can speak the truth, who has their own needs, who can be what I call sovereign in their own energy is probably one of the biggest things in terms of my own healing. And I do think it comes up right around menopause for most women, because it's just a time where the kids are maybe getting older, they're thinking about their lives, everyone's thinking about their lives, the the hormones are shifting, so there's an added stressor there. So if I could say that would be one of the biggest things, how can you get and respect your connection to you and giving yourself space and time to kind of evaluate that journal that 
go to courses. I, I got awoke to a lot of this through the journey of writing my second book. And I hired somebody who that's what he does. And he asks questions and then he holds this non-judgmental safe space to answer. And then you get the edited transcripts and we, we turn it in, uh, it turns into a manuscript. And so on that journey, I found very basic questions like, how would you describe joy? And just sitting with those and realizing I was like, uh, (laughs) I don't know. Right. Because we don't think we don't allow ourselves and we don't ever think about this. And if we do, we don't have that safe container to explore it. So through that journey and, and my that partner now, he and I are leading retreats on this exact kind of concept of how aging in reverse, which we're calling youthing or getting lit, how much it is impacted by living in the moment and by living in truth and by allowing yourself to step out of the roles. I love this. I didn't know you were doing retreats. Tell us about this. Yeah, it just started. So, I mean, it kind of happened organically. This partner of mine in Denver, he was doing retreats, small retreats there. And he's a mindfulness coach and he's doing things through this question, which is a somatic healing modality. And so we said the true way to biohack, you know, you can do, and you can see all these Silicon Valley guys too they'll get to a certain point with their body. So maybe they have all the mitochondria cooking and they're feeling better and they're eating modified keto off the land and all of that, but they all come to a stopping point where they can't get any further. And then they turn to the spirituality every single time. And the truth is the spirituality, which is kind of not even the right word. I I, I don't know if it's energy, if it's again, self-regulation, if it's connection to higher self, whatever you want to use as your word, that is the master. That is the true hack, in my opinion. So we started leading um, his role, getting people into the space of sort of heart coherence and mindfulness and presence, and then me helping teach people what happens physiologically and why it is a huge biohack to try to live in that present moment, observer energy as often as you can. You know, I love what you say. That is the true hack, whatever you want to call it. I'll say energy medicine is the true hack. And it is because your physical body is so limited. And then once you can't get to the place where you want to be, and when I work with women in my courses, it's like, they're like, but how do I, my HRV, my heart rate variability and nervous system are kind of fried because for a lot of women by midlife, your autonomic nervous system, because you've been running around in sympathetic outflow all the time is fried. How come I can't get it back to 10,000 and I'm at like 200 and I constantly I'm saying exactly what you're saying. It's that energetic realm. It's the how you're living your life and are you on purpose and the roles you talked about. Have you divested your roles and realize you are not your roles? Like you are this energetic being I choose to call a soul and you came here for a purpose. Have you fulfilled that purpose? You know, maybe you've had all these roles and you've earned some money, but what was your purpose when you came here? Because as you don't fulfill that, it I find it really dims your light. And I went on this meditation retreat, actually not that far from you this weekend. And it was just amazing that the insights out in the middle of the woods off the grid that I had. And I just had this experience of I came out of all the roles and I just was 
the being that I am. And that's, you know, pretty revolutionary. So I hope that everybody can hear this. We're not talking about religion. So please don't get your panties in a knot about that. We're not talking about religion. We're not tromping on your religion. Have your religion. We're talking about really the science of the energy of the nature of your being. Right, Lisa? Totally. (laughs) And I think that what's going to be super exciting is that I see one of my roles on this planet, and it's probably yours as well, as a light worker, healer, physician, to show that when we do this, we are impacting our DNA and our mitochondria and our fascia. And there is a scientific proof that we will be able to show once and for all that we are meant to live in that space, that we have not even come close to accessing, maybe we're living at 30% of our capacity, whether that's longevity we're talking about or feeling vibrant or mental power. And as we tap more and more into energy, into connection to self, into nature, It's going to be so exciting and mind-blowing. And we're just so blessed to be alive on the planet right now and witness all of this as it is coming out and becoming more mainstream. We absolutely are. And you are such an example of another thing that you say, which I love, is age is no barrier. It is a limitation you put on your mind. Thank you so much for sharing with us how to biohack your health at midlife to regain your edge and get lit because you deserve to be lit. I know you have a digital download of your book, Becoming a Biohacker. Yes, you don't have to be in Silicon Valley or a guy to biohack. So Dr. Coach has shared some wonderful tips with you. You can get a free copy of her book on her website. We will have the link in the show notes, but it's spectrawellness.com. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? So Spectre Wellness is my practice in Tampa. We've got about 8,000 patients and it's a blended collaborative approach with integrative and general primary care. I have a naturopath who does muscle testing and the upper cervical Cairo that helps clear stuck energy along with my famous lit bed that I was describing. If you don't live in Tampa, I am now about to launch a membership site and please come check out. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Lisa Coach, we're going to be marketing our next retreat, which is coming up in September. It's going to be all about heart coherence. And actually the title of the retreat is Youthing, the Art of Aging in Reverse. So um, yeah, so that, so we'd love to see everybody there. Maybe you'll have to come. I, it sounds awesome. Where and where, is it going to be in Tampa? Yeah, in September. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you for your journey and helping all the people that you do. It's very much appreciated you sharing your time and energy and expertise with us. Thank you for having me and thanks for all you do as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, 
Healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science. 